everybody and welcome back. I am the Bull and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, and wellness. I hope you all had a great weekend and are ready to kick this upcoming week in the unmentionables. If you tuned in last week, I talked about suicide prevention and awareness because September is Suicide Prevention Month. So if you haven't checked that one out, please do. And remember to please look out not only for yourself, but for those around you. I know it's a really tough topic. It's an uncomfortable topic for some, but it's an important topic and we can't help those in need if we aren't willing to talk about what's going on in people's lives and what they're struggling with. And we can't begin to help if we don't know. For those of you who've been listening for a while, you may remember back on my 12th recording, I decided to do a a panel of like answering questions that I've been asked about me and my podcast, and I wanted to answer them for a little bit more of a relaxed session. Well, since we're on episode 24, just to break things up, I'm going to do the same thing again because I have some more questions from people that have been listening. And again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy. So let's get into it. Number one. How do you talk to supervisors, managers, or leaders, or people in positions of authority that you have problems with? Uh, This is a very common thing that I think everybody is going to have issues with, whether, I mean, you could be a kid and you have issues with your parents' decisions, or, you know, in the work center, you have problems with your supervisors or whoever, uh, and it can be really, really tough. So what do you do when, when you feel that power differential, and how do you address those issues that you have with the person? It, you know, it could be personality or whatever. And that's, that's where you start off, is what's the nature of the issue? Is it just a difference of opinion? Is it a difference of personality? Do you just not understand the decision? Like, what's the nature behind the issue itself? Now, with some things like sexual assault or inappropriate conduct or equal opportunities and diversity issues, you may need to get, like, human resources or equal opportunity office or whoever, like you might need to get an oversight office involved if it's a serious topic like that, but not always. Uh, sometimes you can address it one-on-one. And that's that's the second piece is, is the issue something that you can address on your own or do you need somebody with you? That power differential is a real thing. And I know a lot of leaders that I know sometimes struggle with that. They're like, no, I'm, I, I'm the flight chief, I'm the supervisor, but I'm really approachable. Like underneath my rank, I'm just Ted. It's like, well, that's great coming from you, and I understand what you're trying to say, but the person under you sees and feels that power differential a little bit more. So you know, you have to take it, take that into account. And sometimes it's good to have not really backup, so you're not gaining up, but somebody to help you be supportive as you talk to the person that you have a concern with. So you know, again, is it an issue that you think you can address on your own, or do you need to have somebody with you? Sometimes um, in the military, like you have the base level and then you have supervisors and then we have a flight chief that oversees the entire area, if you will. Uh, sometimes what I've had to do is I long time ago, you know, much, much long ago, uh, I would say I have an issue I need to discuss with my supervisor, but I want to do it in front of my flight chief. And that way my flight chief had authority over both of us and they were more of a mediator than anything. Like me and my supervisor needed to work it out. But the flight chief, flight chief helped level the playing field a bit so that it was less subordinate talking to supervisor and more person talking to person. And leveling that power differential really, really helps solve issues. If you're relying on the rank and authority to be the deciding factor, you're often gonna breed a lot more problems than you will create solutions. In some cases, um, you as the, you know, the lower ranking person, you need to be willing to approach the issue with your supervisor or the person in power And you need to be willing to acknowledge that the person is a person like you, even if they're a person in power, and you gotta be willing to give a little and understand that they're making a decision 
and you know there's there's two sides of it they made it but you need to understand it but they also need feedback from you so it's it's kind of a back and forth uh, when it comes to bringing issues up to supervisors and people in positions of power, give them the opportunity to hear you out and also give them a chance to fix the problem. Make sure that they understand where you're coming from with your concern and allow your supervisor to either fix the problem or explain to you why there isn't a problem or, or things like that. Work together. Don't go into any concern or disagreement as if it needs to be a battle. It very, very seldomly needs to. And if you go into it going, I want to work with you. Help me understand. Let's let's come to a good solution. Um, you're often going to get less pushback, and you're going to be able to work together towards a better solution. In some cases, though, you will have leadership that are just unapproachable for whatever reason, and you may need to go over their head. And as a professional courtesy, you know, if you are going to go over their head, the professional courtesy thing is let them know you're doing it. But I'll be the first to tell you, I've met people in my life, you may have as well, who I knew how this person was going to react. They were already somebody that I could not approach. Um, and if I let them know that I was going to go over their head to the next level, they were going to just become horribly toxic. And so there are times when I've gone over somebody's head without telling them. And it wasn't me trying to be unprofessional. It was I knew telling you was going to create more problems and it just wasn't worth it because I knew that the person wasn't going to be able to act professional and, and respectfully. So use your best judgment. You know, you know the people that you work around, but try to give people the chance to work on things and, and work with you. And also, again, you work with them. Number two, uh, what do I do if someone is talking about something that makes me uncomfortable? And this is kind of like the first question, but I think this is more in line, like the way I kind of received it was peers like not somebody that I supervise that supervises me, but somebody that's on my level. Uh, this is both an easy and hard thing. On the easy side, there should never ever be a situation in which someone is talking about a topic that makes another person uncomfortable and the person says, hey, this makes me uncomfortable and the original person just shrugs it off. If someone is uncomfortable with any topic, that's the end of the topic, like period. Don't give me this, it's our culture, boys will be boys, girls will be girls, that's just how we are, or whatever lame excuse that just tries to justify minimizing somebody's discomfort and their lack of feelings of safety in the work center, or if it's just unprofessional. That's easy to say. Uh, on, the, uh, on the other side, it's often harder to address because behavioral norms and the way people conduct themselves in any environment they become norms because they've been permitted over long periods of time. So ask yourself this, this is kind of my starting question. Would the person, group, or conversation that I'm concerned about or uncomfortable in, would this be occurring if the supervisor, a boss, manager, whoever, if they were around? If the boss was around, would we be talking like this? Would we be making these comments? Would we be making these jokes? If the answer is no, then you know that it's inappropriate and it needs to stop. Now, that's not to say that just because leadership would allow a conversation that it's an appropriate conversation. It's just a good starting question. Sometimes the reason people conduct themselves in certain ways is because the local leadership allows them to. And that's an even bigger problem. And that's one of those situations where going over somebody's head might be the route to go. So if I have an issue with a coworker and they're like, whatever, you know, the supervisor doesn't care, so what are you gonna do? All right, well, the larger issue is actually that the supervisor is encouraging this an unprofessional behavior, and I need to bring this issue up to a higher level. Uh, sometimes it creates a lot of drama, but I need you to understand this. You feeling uncomfortable or feeling disrespected or not feeling safe in the work center 
and you saying something is not you creating the problem. The person creating the inappropriate environment is the one creating the problem. And the leadership that if they know and they don't do anything to address it, they are the ones creating the problem. You are the one trying to fix it. So don't let people make you feel bad for speaking up and not tolerating inappropriate behavior. There is never an excuse for it. Ever, period, end of discussion. I'm sorry. Uh, again, if you can solve it at the lowest level, great. If you need to bring in backup to get that support, awesome. If you can go to a supervisor, again, handling it at lower levels, that's fine. Uh, but if you're worried about bringing something up and there being some form of retaliation, definitely get some top cover involved because again, those behaviors are occurring because they're allowed to occur and that's not appropriate in any kind of organization. It should not be tolerated and you should never be disregarded like that. Number three. How do I know if someone is having a hard time if they won't open up to me? Now this one I know came from uh, last week's recording talking about how to interact with people that may be struggling with suicidal thoughts and ideations. Uh, first things first, if someone, you know, if you don't know if somebody's not opening up to you, try to figure out why they won't open up. Uh, realize that by getting people to open up and be vulnerable, you know, you're, you're, you're building a relationship. It's a professional relationship, or it should be. Uh, but it's a relationship nevertheless, and that takes time and trust to build. Relationships are built over time. My best advice is to approach the person one-on-one -on -one and just let them know what your intentions are and to try to build on that interaction by being consistent, not only in just saying the nice words, but in your behaviors and making sure your behaviors match your vocalization of your intentions. Uh, on the other side, maybe they still won't open up to you and they're just very closed off. They've got a close-knit people. Uh, so sometimes what I have done is not to circumvent and be sneaky, but if I know that, you know, person A who I'm worried about, they won't open up to me, they're not comfortable with me for whatever reason, uh, but I know that they are comfortable with person B. I'll have a, dis a very easy discussion with person B. Just, hey, I know that person A is close to you. I'm not really close to them. Um, I just wanna make sure everything's okay with them. Like, is there anything I can do for them? Is there anything I should be worried about? Again, not trying to stir drama, not trying to create problems, but I just wanna make sure that somebody is looking out for person A. And you know, if person B can be the eyes and ears because that's who person A is comfortable with, that's fine with me. Like, I'm not gonna try and force it. Just because somebody is closed off doesn't mean that they are a problem or that they're having a problem. And if you try to force a relationship with somebody that, let's say they're introverted and not very open, um, all you're gonna do is further that gap and you're gonna cause their defenses to go up. So you know, don't force relationships. And this is sometimes hard for introverted people that are very sociable uh, because they think that because they're very sociable, everybody's gotta be sociable. And if you're not sociable with me, then is there a problem with me? Or is there something wrong with you? And it's like, well, no. Some people just aren't social butterflies and that's okay. As long as they know that if they did need help and support, you'd be there for them. A lot of introverts and a lot of closed off people that I happen to know, uh, they're good with that. Like as long as I know that I could go to you if I needed you, that's fine. But they're not, again, they're not super social and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing you can try to do is try opening up yourself. If you think about it, when we're asking people to open up to us, we're asking them to be vulnerable. But why should they do that if they don't feel us being vulnerable to them? Like, it's got to kind of go both ways. So in a way, you've got to hear the magic words, folks. Role model the behavior. Never ask anybody to do something that you're not willing to do yourself. And sometimes that can be just, you know, office talk, just showing that you're a person as well, 
Um, not really, you know, complaining or like dumping your whole life story, but just showing them that you're a person and you're dealing with stuff and just making it a casual conversation can make people a bit more comfortable opening up to you as well. Lastly, uh, I think if you pay attention, even if they won't verbally open up to you, you'll begin to pick up on their norms. Uh, you can learn a lot about people just from sitting back, looking, listening. Few people are legitimately so closed off that every aspect of their life is like shrouded in mystery at work or in life. Uh, once you notice something though by paying attention, take a genuine interest in it so that you can better take an interest in the person. If I know you're interested in this, then I'm gonna engage in this topic with you to show an interest in your topic because I'm interested in you. And I can use that to be kind of a gateway to build a relationship and start that comfort in a neutral topic that eventually will build upon you being more comfortable talking to me about other things. So again, it takes time. Uh, this one was a weird one for me. Uh, from somebody that listens they're like you always sound so positive in your podcast how do you stay so positive and for the people that know me outside of the podcast that is kind of funny uh, I don't know if I would say that I am the most positive person in the world um, I wouldn't say that I'm negative mom and dad I'm sorry you know whatever uh, I, I, I tend to think of myself a bit as a, of a realistic individual uh, but I do try to be positive uh, with most things um, I I have a hard time thinking that I'm positive. I don't know, it's weird. Uh, I just believe that you know, if things can get worse, they can certainly get better. The problem though, is that the people making things worse often don't play by the quote unquote rules. So I've worked hard to learn how to drag those negative elements into the light by playing by the rules because problems and negativity like to thrive in the shadows. Uh, and if you're a good person trying to do the right thing and you start playing by bad rules and you start compromising your integrity because you think that's the only way you're going to win, you can end up becoming the thing that you don't like, right? It's very easy to compromise yourself. So um, I just try to remember that, you know, if things can get worse, things can get better. Um, that's, that's probably where I start off. I try really hard to remember all the people that are counting on me and who maybe look up to me or that, you know, I'm here to support. Um, I, I also try to remember with my rank and my position and authority, you know, I, I do have the potential just as a person, but also through virtue of my rank and my, the position I hold that I can either help or hurt people through my actions or my inactions. Um, a part of it may be my upbringing, but another part is me just wanting to be a good person and being a good person doesn't mean that you're always liked and it's not my goal. It'd be great if everyone liked me, but I also don't try to make everybody like me. I won't compromise who I am just so that I'm liked. Um, I don't need everyone to like me. I care about people. And sometimes helping people is doing and saying things they don't want to hear. Uh, but no matter what, you know, I just try to stay true to myself and never compromise on my ideals. And I try to stay true to myself no matter what. Um, I guess if I, I did have to say something that keeps me grounded, um, it, it would be self-care. Uh, as, as corny as that really sounds, I really like to take care of people and be there for people. But I know I can only do that if I take care of myself. Um, I don't consider that selfish. It's, it's logical. I mean, you can call it selfish if you want, but it's logical. I like to think of it like this. If I don't clean out my car, change the oil, fill it with gas, rotate the tires, and do all the other routine maintenance, then it's really hard for me to be reliable if you need a ride. Like I like to take care of myself because I know what it's like to feel beaten down by the world and I realized that the only opinions and values from the outside world that I should care about are the ones that I choose to care about. Someone else's opinions of me aren't more valid unless I allow them to be. 
you like me great you don't like me okay moving on you know i that's just how i i guess i stay quote unquote positive i just try to think of uh the people that i could help and i try to remember why i do what i do and what i'm trying to accomplish to make someone's day a little bit better how do you support your supervisor or leader if you don't agree with them so this is kind of like the earlier question uh but this is more akin to like i don't agree i don't like them but professionally i need to you know toe the line uh, this is definitely a military question man uh, I think this happens all over and well, but definitely in the military, this is a thing. Uh, first off, I would say, ask yourself, how much do you really care? Like, how much does this decision, does this action really matter to you? Sometimes, let's just be real, we worry and stress about things that don't really matter. It matters in the moment, but five minutes after it's said and done, you're not going to give it a second thought. So why bother getting worked up now? And I, I suffer with this as much as anybody else, because in the moment you feel like your values are, are being threatened or something like that. So it's easy to get worked up. I understand. But but really stop and think when you find yourself getting riled up uh, when it's a big decision, though, and you just cannot seem to get on board. This is when it gets a little bit trickier. Um, I start with going to the person directly, you know, kind of like I said earlier. And I just ask them to explain the decision. Like, hey, this is a big decision. Um, I understand you're making the decision. I understand I'm supposed to execute it. Can you please explain why we're doing this or what we're hoping to achieve? Because as I'm interpreting it right now, I don't agree. I don't like it. Here are the problems I see, et cetera, et cetera. But give them an opportunity to explain. Sometimes that helps and other times it doesn't. And you know, this could be a time that my opinion doesn't matter and I just need to execute and press on with my life. You got to be willing to face that fact. And just because you don't like something doesn't mean you are right. And that's a really hard pill to swallow, but it takes a lot of maturity. Sometimes you just need to do what's asked and let it go. The good times to get worked up and the times to not just shut up in color, like I hate to put it like that, but you know that's the term that a lot of people use. The good times to get worked up are when things are illegal, immoral, unethical, or unsafe. Sometimes you got to trust the decision and let it go. Or from a professional standpoint, you need to uphold your charge and support the decision whether you like it or not. If it's illegal, immoral, unethical, or unsafe, don't. Dig in your heels. Like, don't just stand by and let bad things happen because people said that it was okay. You know, we all know right from wrong. And if it's really that bad, again, go up the chain, keep bringing attention to it. Uh, you know, don't be afraid to stand up for your values. Honestly, you know, I've had decisions levied on me and those around me, but my disliking it was just an opinion. You know, it didn't meet one of the big four. And, you know, I would tell my team that was all worked up and we were all upset by the decision. And at the end of the day, I was just like, guys, like it's not illegally moral and ethical or unsafe we need to get this done. Like we need to come together as a team. I understand we're not happy, but the decision was name, was made. We need to support it to the best of our ability, not let it get to us and let's just press on and get it over with. Like, let's just get it done. Let's support it the best we can. And again, it sounds cheesy to say that, but that's just the reality of life. You know, we're expected to perform as professionals in our work centers. And sometimes decisions are made that we don't like and it's just let it go. But again, if it's illegal, immoral, unethical, or unsafe, bring it up keep bringing it up don't just stand by and let it hap happen thankfully i can say because i've built good relationships with my team uh, and they trusted me and dare i say they respected me when i would say hey i know you know this decision we're not happy with it we need to get it done let's just let's pull together and get it done 
we pulled together and got it done. We supported each other and guess what? The world didn't end. You know, maybe we weren't the happiest, but we did get it done and then we moved on. Again, I can't say it enough. If it is illegal, immoral, unethical, or unsafe, that's when you gotta say something. You know, and you gotta be willing to justify your concern and stand up for it. Maybe the concerns are invalid and by bringing the concerns up to leadership, they'll explain why they're not valid. And if they don't and things feel shady, bring it up, get more leadership at a higher level involved. And if anyone tries to beat up on you for speaking up about a concern, go to, you know, human resources, IG, EO, whatever office, you know, it's the, whatever it is for the equivalent, because you should never be punished for trying to do the right thing in leadership should honestly be happy to explain decisions when they can about why something is okay, explaining what is the intent, what is the purpose, what is the benefit, you know, but they shouldn't just be disregarding the concerns and, you know, do it because I told you to. That That's not a great way to lead. Um, in the military, there's not always time to explain decisions, but if leadership has previously taken the time and built trust, then that is what allows you to more easily trust in them. But if they haven't, if they routinely don't, and you know issues have come up and you just feel like it's unsafe, don't be afraid to slow things down. Like there are a few times that the world is literally falling to pieces and we have no time for questions. It's very rare that that legitimately happens. So mainly just be willing to step up for yourself, to stick up for yourself, and don't compromise yourself if something seems wrong. This next question is a bit more personal. Um, what is my favorite memory in the military? You know, I honestly, I don't know if I have a single moment. I have lots of good memories for different reasons. You know, I got a lot of bad memories, but I have a lot of good memories. Um, you know, thinking back to all of the graduations from my students when I was an instructor, you know, I, I remember pretty much all of them. And I remember them when I first saw them, at, you know, when they got to the schoolhouse and then remembering them on graduation. And now it's been years later and a lot of them are, you know, NCOs or they've gotten out and they have their own careers or, you know, they still stay in touch for some of them, not all of them, but some of them do. Um, some of them are like officers and stuff. Um, you know, I hear all the amazing things they're doing and it, it honestly fills me with a lot of pride because um, I'm able to say that I was a part of their journey, you know, no matter how small, I'm not saying it's because of me that they're amazing. They were amazing individuals when I met them. But being able to say like, hey, I knew them when, like it, it's a great feeling to to see and hear all the wonderful things they're doing. And it's like, it's crazy to think all of the students that I got to work with and like they're they're influencing the world and they're helping people every day. And it's 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 awesome. It's it's a great feeling. At the same time, you know, I've had a lot of patients who have reached out to me years after I you know worked with them. And, you know, some of them will thank me. You know, I was able to help them during a tough spot. Um, seeing or hearing about their winning, you know, them winning in life or getting somewhere in life or achieving things and getting awards. It, it's awesome. It's a, it's a great feeling to, to feel like you've helped somebody. You know, thinking back to meetings and opportunities that I've, I've had, you know, I've gotten to speak with some pretty big, big names in the military about issues that I care about. And... I think some of my favorite memories are, you know, those tough times when there's a lot of people in the room, there's a lot of rank in the room and me having the courage to speak my mind, knowing that someone in the room was not going to like what I said, but saying it anyway, because I believed in my heart, it needed to be said, you know, still doing it professionally and maintaining my integrity and upholding my ideals. But, you know, it's very nervous to speak up and stand up for yourself in some cases. And so I can say with 
with very, very, very few exceptions, I can't think of any. Um, I've pretty much always stuck to my guns and steps stood up for myself um, and tried to, you know, be the best I could be. And sometimes I've been slapped down, but you know, oftentimes I've had people afterwards say, "Hey, thank you for saying something," and that that makes me feel really good too. I have had a, a supervisor, an officer actually, he, that he was my supervisor. Um, he told me once that if anything ever happened to him, he wanted me to be the person to tell his parents uh, because he trusted me to handle it professionally. And seriously, that made me want to cry. Like as far as military professionally in my, my years, that is the nicest thing that anyone has ever said to me. Like if something happened to him, he wanted me to be the military face that, that told his parents. Like there is no greater privilege and honor that I can think of. Um, and I will always appreciate that, sir, if you're listening and you were one, you know, I, I loved working for you. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, and thank you for, for saying something so nice to me. Um, and, and really, you know, honestly, with all the BS I've had to deal with in my career, you know, it, it's one big memory. You know, the, the good outweighs the bad a thousand times over. And that's because of the people that I've had to, um, not had to, but the people that I've gotten to work with. Uh, supervise, lead, mentor. You know, this has just been a crazy journey and it's not over yet. Um, and I'm just, I'm grateful for all of it, really. All right, less sappy. Oh, sorry. Uh, next question. Um, what advice would I give to new officers? Uh, okay, this one's very easy. So if you're a new officer listening, listen up. Here's the golden ticket. Find a good senior NCO or a dozen and pester them to death. Seriously. Use your senior NCOs and make sure that they mentor you and help you grow into the officer we need you to be. Don't be afraid to ask questions and use their experience to help groom yourself. A big part of our contribution as senior NCOs, senior non-commissioned officers, comes from developing others, specifically young officers, because we've been around longer and we've seen and we've done more and we have that operational experience. Um, a part of that is also making yourself available and willing to learn because it's really hard to help somebody that doesn't want to learn and thinks they have everything because they have the rank. Along with that is don't stop learning and working with senior NCOs or other officers, you know, CGOs, FGOs, just because you put on a particular rank. The best leaders are the ones who continue to educate themselves. All right, last question. Uh, do I have a favorite leadership book? Um, I can't say that I have a favorite single book because often the books have different perspectives that are useful in different environments or with different kinds of people or teams. But personally, I really like Lincoln on Leadership by Donald Thomas Phillips. Uh, that's one of the earliest leadership books I was ever given. It's a very small book, but it's a bunch of stories about Abraham Lincoln um, and you know his kind of take on leadership on a bunch of different areas. Uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. That is a fantastic book, and there's also podcasts you can watch and listen to. And Simon Sinek is so passionate and so knowledgeable, and he makes it so easy to understand. Start With Why is a great book. Um, and also, like this is the gold standard, I guess, Developing the Leader Within You by John C. Maxwell. Anything by John C. Maxwell. like That should be the gold standard uh, for baseline leadership development. There are thousands of books out there. I have not even come close to reading them all. Um, and, you know, sometimes the lessons of one particular book don't translate well to a particular field of work or team. So having diverse knowledge can be useful. So really just reading books and even getting different personalities and perspectives than you're used to or agree with, because you never know when it could be useful with a particular team. 
So, all right, folks, uh, those are some of the questions that I've had since the last Q&A. So thank you for asking. Thank you for listening. Again, the intent of this is to make it a little bit less uh, stressful and a little bit more fun. Uh, speaking of asking and the questions asked of me, I just want to throw a reminder out there that, you know, September is still Suicide Prevention Month. So please take some time to check in on those around you, as well as taking the time to check in on yourself and make sure that you're doing good. Uh, this is something that should be happening organically throughout the year, not just a specific month or for a specific day. But, you know, since it is the month of awareness, please help be a part of the solution and support, you know, be there for those that are having hard times. Yes, everyone is struggling with something. I understand that not to minimize what anybody is going through. But this isn't about comparing suffering or minimizing what others are going through. And instead, it's about focusing, you know, on others. Don't think that focusing on others is going to diminish what you have going on in your life. Being dismissive of others' pain doesn't make you strong. And being in pain doesn't make you weak. Refusing to help doesn't make you strong. And asking for help doesn't make you weak. The strongest people are the ones that know that they are strong and they are able to lift others up. The weakest people are those that tear others down. So please help spread awareness and support prevention efforts uh, to let people know that you are someone that they can turn to. It really doesn't take a lot to be a beacon of light for others who are stuck in a dark place. If you or someone you know, you know needs help, you can call or text 988, which is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline for help. So definitely want to give one last shout out out for uh, Suicide Prevention Month because we're still in September. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the questions. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you all have a great week. And of course, I will check you out next time.